the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. I'm Brooks Derrick. I'm a personal injury lawyer in Simpsonville, South Carolina, and you're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. We just got done recording a great episode with one of the strong Guild members, Brooks Derrick. He's a PI lawyer down in South Carolina. He was very vulnerable, as he often is, and he told us a lot of his struggles and a lot of the BS lies that he had told himself. And I really loved the part of the story where he explained and he did explain because his he, you asked him one question and he talked for 16 minutes straight, but you asked him to tell sort of his story. And he talked about how when his son was born and he held his son in his arms, he just didn't want to let him down. I thought that was a really poignant moment that I won't forget. And then he talked about how that translated into his wife also just reaffirming to him what a great lawyer he was. Yeah, it, it's really a testament to, to who Brooks is. I mean, you and I both know him really well. He's a great guy. And it just, it was a great episode. He really did. It was He was vulnerable. He opened up. He told us, you know, his, his actual real story, you know, instead of sugarcoating it. A lot of times we have people, you know, they come on and I completely understand it. I'm I'm that type of person, you know, kind of sugarcoating things. And he, he's not that type of a guy. I mean, he really did open up and uh, uh, he's had some tough times. Many of those are, are self-inflicted wounds that he's had. He talked about those and it was really great. And, you know, you can tell he really cares. He's really passionate. He started to, you know, tear up a couple of times. And he's also that type of a person. You get to know Brooks and he, he wears his heart on his sleeve kind of thing. And that's what I love about him so much. But uh, a lot of a lot of great information. I think for anybody starting out, it's a really good lesson for you. So I hope everyone enjoys this episode. Yeah, I think they will. I really enjoy the episodes when people are vulnerable and sort of real as opposed to, you know, just sort of glossing over everything, like you said, or just acting like everything's hunky-dory. So we hope you all enjoy the episode and leave us some feedback. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, I'm excited about our friend on the show today. And it's funny because I was convinced, convinced he'd already been on the show because I specifically remember being down in Florida and walking around Florida talking to him and you, but it must have been a hot seat in the guild. Uh, I remember we were talking about growth and all that stuff with his team, and he's grown a lot since then. Welcome to the show, Brooks Derek. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this too as well, Jimmy. So Brooks, tell us about your journey and be as detailed as, as you want, or, or if, if not, don't worry about it. Uh, so uh, tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Oh, well, let's see. I, well, for the probably the first half of my life, I, I, the only thing I wanted to do was be a college soccer player. So I had no imagination no dreams outside of I've got to play college soccer. That's it. Every decision I made, every single thing I did was to get to that goal. And I played soccer at Gardner-Webb. And when I finished there, I went to Clemson and started in a PhD program in chemistry. And I was still playing a very, 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 very semi-pro, like $200 a game soccer in Greenville for the first, I believe it was two years after school. And the third year, I didn't make the team. And I remember driving back to Clemson thinking, what in the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? I had no foggy clue what I wanted to do from that point on. I switched programs. I went from a PhD program in chemistry to biomedical engineering. I graduated from Clemson in 01, I believe, with my master's degree in biomedical engineering. Moved to Charleston and started doing research at the medical school down there in immunology. Worked there for a handful of years, got married, and somebody came to our labs to talk about intellectual property and the importance of notebooks and all that kind of shit. And I thought, wait a minute, this guy's a lawyer. He's talking about science. Maybe this is the direction I can go, right? I was still in this disparate place in my life, right? I had no idea what was going on. And there was a law school that was opening up in Charleston, South Carolina. The very first class was being enrolled that year. And I, on a whim, without much planning, sent an email to the school and said, hey, what do I need to do for an application process? And they're like, you've taken the LSAT, right? And I'm like, what's the LSAT? And so the, <laughs> this is like the spring of that year, right? And I go and I send them all my transcripts. They provisionally accept me. I take the LSAT that summer. I get... I probably get, I don't remember, but I don't think it was any better than the middle of the curb. And they let me in and I started in their night program. So I was still working full time at the school. So I had this idea that I was going to be an intellectual property lawyer. And I just fell in love with law school. Like I, it was hard, but it was just, it was so much fun. It was just a wonderful experience. There was no upperclassmen in our school. So we had nobody to talk to. We were writing constitutions for the school. We were doing all kinds of fun, fun stuff that was, uh, uh, it was just, it was just a great, great, great time. It got a phenomenal job, probably one of the best one or two, three jobs that wasn't a federal clerkship out of our school. They were paying me, this was 2007. So this is looking into the eyes of the recession, right? Um, they were paying me a boatload of money. They even gave me a, a big old gigantic signing bonus that the beginning of that summer and that beginning of that summer, second day of bar review, my wife and I that at one point in time separated. And so I went through a summer going through divorce, sleeping on a buddy's couch, studying for the bar exam. I started that job and I much like my, my I was as a husband, <laughs> I was a terrible employee. So it was not only a terrible employee, it was also the recession was coming. And so about, I want to say eight to 10 months after I started that job, I was walking out the front door with no job. And I can't blame maybe but 1% on the recession. It was 99.9% .9 Brooks's fault. 
I walked out of that door and I had still had no foggy clue what the fuck I was going to do. I called a buddy of mine. His name was Itris Jenkins. He's now a judge down in Charleston. He had not got a job out of school. I called him. I said, what am I supposed to do? He said he had started his own practice. He'd been working for 10 months. He said, come to my office. He gave me, I can't remember what the name of that book is. He came me like the how to start and manage a law practice that I, I believe it was probably the only book that was out at that point in time. And this would have been 08. And I read it cover to cover 45 times and did every single thing that that book said it was supposed to do. I mean, I, I even called my law office, the law office of M. Brooks Derrick LLC after whatever he said in the daggone pages of that book. Right. Like, and, but then I spent the next seven or eight years of my practice, just a completely self-absorbed human. I thought I had it all figured out. I was making money a bunch of money at times and not a whole lot of money at other times. I was getting lucky with leads, with referral sources. It just was a, at that moment in time, I didn't think that there was any mystery of what was going on. I thought I was exactly where I was supposed to be. This was amazing. People thought when people looked at me, they looked at me and thought, Hey man, I really want to be Brooks. Right. And in hindsight now, I know they were thinking that fucker is stupid. What a stupid person right now. Right. And when my grandmother died in 2015, that shook my entire world up. I, I was falling in love with my now wife. Grandmama passed away. I was living in Charleston. My grandfather was still up here. And I had this over the string of a few days or weeks. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was just this whole kind of awakening. I remember I told Jim this story. I remember I was in the shower one morning crying my eyes out just thinking to myself you are a house of cards and if you don't get things in order things are just going to fall apart and you're not going to have anything and when we came back from my grandmother's funeral Andrea and I were living together then and I said what do you think about moving to Greenville moving back to Sensibility and she without a she didn't flinch she said okay do it And we moved back up here and that would have been in 2015. At this point in time, I still have no clue how to run my business, right? I have absolutely no understanding of cash flow other than I don't have any money in my operating account. What case can I settle, right? Like that's how my business practices was. That's how I was watching my uh, dashboard was my operating account, right? Uh, We moved here a few months later, I developed some, this cervical radiculopathy down my right arm. And I don't work for six, eight months. So I've moved to a new town. It's not really new, but it's new business wise. I am not out beating the pavement, you know, kissing hands and shaking babies. I, it just everything, but I'm still making a bunch of money because I have all these injury cases in reserve. So like, I'm still making a bunch of money. And about the time I start getting healthy again, that business starts to dry up. And It was, I was in a completely terrible place emotionally and mentally, not knowing what was going to happen. We were living here. There wasn't a lot of business coming in. I was doing divorces. I was doing some criminal work. And I remember crying in the closet up here, trying to figure out what I was going to do next. What was my next job going to be? because I didn't think I was going to be being a lawyer much longer. I thought I was going to have to have some other kind of job, do something else with my life. 
And when my son was born, I remember walking around with him and thinking, I don't want to disappoint you. Like I remember walk, he, he wouldn't go to sleep at night. And so I was, my job was to go and walk. I had to walk him around and walk him around and walk him around and walk him around. And I, rem, I was having all of these conversations with him that I, like, I don't want to disappoint you. I want to make you proud. Like those were, and those are things I never had even crossed my mind up to that point. Right. It's like, I was starting to feel like there was something to be done. Right. My son was born in 18. I looked back the other night. And I joined Maximum Lawyer in 18, the big group. And I bought, let's see, I bought Traction, I think it was in the beginning of 18. And I bought Profit First, the beginning of 19. So all of this, like, there is trying to piece all this stuff together in anticipation of this, this conversation with y'all, like trying to remember my timeline of all this shit, right? And it was I would just when right my son was born in August and I just remember I was just so scared still that I was not going to be able to be a lawyer. I, I just and I was grasping at all these straws. I was grasping at y'all. I was grasping at these books I was reading. And my wife was working for me at the time or right before this and right before my son was born. And she was always not when I was being a pain in the butt and whining and crying in the closet like a wimp. But when I was doing my job, she would give me all of these compliments that were unprompted. It would, you know, we would do something that we would settle a case. Or we'd do something else. And she would say, man, you are a great lawyer. Um, I mean, like she, like she would say stuff like, I'm on the phone with these other people's offices and these other guys don't have a clue what's going on. You know, that she, she just was always probably subconsciously thinking, I got to make sure this guy doesn't fall off damn deep end. But she was just bringing me along, I guess, like in one day I was, I was coming home and I had had the end of it all. I was just, I was completely broken, pulled into my driveway and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I could hear my wife telling me, like not telling me, but just responding to little inquiries. Hey, you're a great lawyer. You're a, you're a great lawyer. And I sat in that car and I said, and I probably was channeling my inner Tyson or my inner Jason self, uh, who I didn't even know at the time. But I was like, I am a fucking great lawyer. And I kept repeating it over and over and over. I won't do that on this podcast, but I kept doing it over and over and over. And I probably sat in that car for 10 or 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. And I didn't say anything else. Just like, I am a fucking great lawyer. And that was the fall of 18. Like my son was probably a month or two old, three months old. And that was like the point where this life kind of started to get a little bit of a focus again. Like just when I started pouring myself into this group, pouring myself into more books and trying to figure out stuff, trying to actually pay myself a daggone salary, you know, doing all kinds of things that I never knew were even out there. I was just closing my eyes, walking down the road with the, you know, the, the stick. But I guess I've, that probably, I've been talking too long here, but 
so that's, I guess that's my story to where we are today. <laughs> well, that was a great story. And thank you for sharing. Obviously, we didn't need to interrupt at all. You did a fine job telling it. I just really applaud you for all the changes that you've made. And I think you are a fucking awesome lawyer. And I'm glad to see your success. What doubts or recordings in your head did you have to change after you had those realizations from holding your son and telling him you didn't want to let him down and your wife telling you that you're awesome? What did you have to, I know that a lot of us have baggage in our head. What did you have to stop listening to Brooks? Very good question. Probably myself leading me to things that weren't important to fun or to poor decisions, something as simple as maybe drinking four glasses of wine instead of just one glass of wine. I carried just so much anxiety and I don't know where it all originated from, but my first thought was always, you're just not that good at this. Right. And I think that we, as lawyers, we, spend so much time in one specific area. We know in that finite area and all of the law, we know where all the holes are, even in our own knowledge. And I think that gets in the way sometimes of like really saying to yourself, I got a lot of this stuff figured out. I've said this to Tyson before, like not letting the person that you want to become hate the person that you are today. And that, you know, you know, you know, all these like holes in your knowledge of like, well, I haven't tried enough cases. And you see somebody else at you that, that, that you think is a great trial lawyer. You're like, well, they're, I mean, I'm never going to get there. Right. Instead of looking at all of the things that you're doing really well, you're focused on that little hole that might, make you a better lawyer. I think my focus has just been on more of the positive things that are in my life with my kids and my, you know, smoking hot wife. And just, to, I mean, that's, I haven't thought about that, Jim, but I've got to be the, it was really just a, you know, I'm trying to say a mindset shift in the car. I think that day of just trying to focus on, Hey, you're a good fucking lawyer, man. Like there's no, just because you know there's a couple things you don't know doesn't mean you're not a great lawyer. So go figure out those things that you don't know. Go try some more cases or be a better businessman. You know, like I think I was focused on all the gaps in my life and not all of the, the things that were great. I'm sure there was a lot of people. I've thought about this a lot recently. I'm sure there's a lot of people in my life that were sitting on the sidelines going, he's about to just not kill himself like, like, with the gun, but just, he's going to die. And I don't know what the hell he's thinking, but he ain't thinking much good stuff right now. And they didn't see my head. They just saw my, inside my head, they just saw my actions. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to backslide into some of those old thoughts. So how do you avoid that? Like, what do you focus on now to make sure that you're doing the right things every single day? So you don't backslide into those old negative thoughts. Honestly, this group, my biggest thing is like getting that consistency of action, right? It was like, for me, the Monday and Friday calls 
of which I haven't, I got, I got on this week, but I haven't been on in a, a couple of weeks. And so I have this like little bit of a prism, right? You got this, you can look back over the holidays, which were amazing. I did nothing for two weeks and my staff was off and we all got paid and we all got bonuses and we all did all kind of fun stuff that the people in the guild are all hi-ho about. And it was fan freaking tastic. But in that time, when you come back to work and you're trying to, you know, the race is still running and you've got to figure out a way to like hop back in and, and start running again. I lost some of those, like the process steps of like, okay, what are my tasks here? I would just hop at my desk and then go to work. And that leaves me very empty at the end of the day versus when I can, an empty meaning like I got a whole bunch of stuff done, but I didn't actually move, you know, the thing, the balls that I need to be moving forward. And, but those calls and, the, and our friendship has just really propelled me and the accountability of the group. And the, even though nobody's like calling like, so what'd you do? You know, like it's still very helpful for that follow up. And because this is a lonely fucking life, right? As a solo practitioner, it's a lowly fucking life, right? I mean, I practice in a very small town. Luckily I have a really great friend that's right down the hall from me that we can talk about being lawyers and what it's like, but like, you know, you live in your ivory tower and it's most of the time you're not talking to anybody about anything other than like, okay, get to work, 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 tell your staff, go home, you know, take a bath or give the kids, you know, but it's just, uh, so being able to like jump into the group with y'all and like-minded folks or people that aren't like-minded. And I'm like, I'm at, do I want to do that? Nah, I want to do that. Yeah. Like it's a, that's gotta be the linchpin to my success over the last three, three or four years and my continued ability to manage my brain. <laughs> the Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. So you're about to enter the baby fog once again. Um, yes. <laughs> how? how three. How will you handle the three kids being a good husband and running your firm in the months to come? The joke in there would be, I'm going to handle it very poorly, but I'll take off. I have two great full-time people here in the, the office. I have a, a VA in the Philippines who works 40, 50 hours for us. I will probably not take off, but I will ramp down to probably a 30 or 40% capacity for myself and make sure nothing goes crazy via email and just pour myself into my family for six to eight weeks. And yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that a second kid was going to be that much more of a, you know, a challenge than the one kid. Cause one kid was a challenge for me in my life. But I've been told that when you go from playing man to man to zone, it, it, it goes to another, another level. And so hopefully the third one's going to be more like the first one and not like, 
the second one and their father because apparently the second one is like their father. And uh, like I said earlier, he needs a leash inside of his own home to keep him safe. <laughs> I closed the refrigerator the other day. I opened the refrigerator to grab milk, closed it. And by the time I closed it, he was, had climbed onto the kitchen table and had a knife in his hand standing like he had conquered, like he was like, you know, he man on the top of gray skull or whatever. Is that, is that what it's called? Gray skull. Oh yeah. Castle Grayson. Damn, that was good. Bam! Sounds like my Hudson, for sure. <laughs> so I know we're running long on time, but I want to stick in this question. So tell us about your YouTube show, A Lawyer, His Friends, and Food. It's really, really uh, cool. The video quality is amazing. So tell us about it. Like I said, I practice in a small town. We're just outside of Greenville. So we're, we're about 15 minutes away from Greenville, South Carolina, which is, I say, is in the upper left-hand corner of the triangle of South Carolina. And we have a ton of these like, you know, local Facebook groups that are popping with people. And I just was trying to figure out a way to do something where I could pop into those groups other than responding to every inquiry, like a lot of people do in there and, and do some kind of, some kind of show, right? Like inspired by Jim, inspired by, you know, Casey Neistat, inspired by all these guys that are on YouTube that have been just different kinds of uh, shows and stuff like that. And trying to, as Jim would say, trying to produce content of any kind of content. And I just started thinking about, okay, could I interview local business owners that, because like I said a minute ago, we're all in these, like in our ivory towers, right? And we don't really, I'm probably pontificating by the ivory tower, but like, we're all really siloed off, right? We're in our individual silos. We don't really get a chance to see like, what's the real estate agent? What's his challenges? What's he doing that he looks like he's thriving? What's he doing? Or the local, you know, greasy French fry and hamburger spot, right? And so I thought maybe we can do some kind of an interview show, but I didn't, I wanted to do something other than just a, a show of, you know, maybe us just on Zoom, right? But it was before Zoom. I was thinking of this before Zoom. So I was like, what can I do that could be some kind of higher quality? So I dove my neck into all this stuff. I learned all about cameras and I was trying to think about a way I could do it myself. And I came to this realization, like, I can't do this myself. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, like I understand all of the things, but I can't do this. And so I started down these rabbit holes on Instagram trying to find somebody. And I got connected to this guy named EJ Falero. He's a young guy just starting out. And he had done one other like interview show that was nothing like what we were doing, but I could see what he, I could see his eye and what he liked. And so we started talking last May, uh, May 21 and just formulating a plan. And so we've been either interviewing the owner of a restaurant at their restaurant and eating their food and enjoying their food or interviewing someone else like a photographer at a specific restaurant in town. So either a way to highlight one business or two. And I was, my focus has been on them telling their story, their kind of origin story, a la kind of taking how I built this with Guy Raz and smashing it with comedians and cars getting coffee and maybe even the three lawyers eating sandwiches in y'all's town, right? Like that kind of a melding of those three shows and it's been tremendously fun getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of good traction. I haven't gotten any, I'm sure there's a 
tons of people out there, well, have you got any cases yet? Well, I have not gotten any cases yet, but I have gotten a tremendous amount of inquiries on LinkedIn that are not injury related, but are all lawyer stuff like, you know, a family lawyer in Lexington County. Do you know this person? You know, do you know a person here, a person there? And I've gotten a ton of people asking me stuff on Facebook that were my friends originally or have always been my friends on Facebook, but have never heard from that are asking me little questions like that. So I think anecdotally, it's going to be my thought originally was I just need to put something out there that I could continually put out there and keep people my herd and these little small groups aware of me. And that's been a tremendous thing. I don't have a call rail tracking number, anything like that for that or anything crazy, but I think it's just a matter of time before I, you know, we get some good cases out of it because I wasn't getting all those, those inquiries before. And nobody, the only people that, that sent me a message on LinkedIn were people that were trying to offer me 14 new leads and, you know, in a personal injury space. Do you have room for 14 more leads? Yes, I do, but you don't have them. Or I don't have room for yeah. your 14 leads. <laughs> no, it, it's just that snowball effect. It'll, it'll start to come. No, no doubt in my mind for sure. All right, Brooks, we're going to need to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone, go to the big Facebook group if you've not done so already. There's a lot of great activity. If you want a higher level conversation, join us in the Guild. Go to maxlawguild.com. Make sure you get your tickets to MaxLawCon 2022. Go to maxlawcon2022.com. And if you don't mind, while you're listening to the rest of this episode, give us a five-star review. We'll greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? All right. So always on the lookout for interesting marketing things. And I bought a pair of lamps for our office at home and I was throwing the trash away. And I noticed that the company included two of these glossy cards on one of them there. It says happy or unhappy. And if it's happy, then it says you can, you know, tell your friends and family, leave a review on Amazon or connect to the company. And then if you're not happy, they have the email address for the customer service line at the company. This is for the lamps, right? The other one is, do you love your lights? Share a pic and get 10% off your next Bright Tech order. And there's a whole little Instagram way of posting that they want you to do it. And I just thought these are two really simple, sort of bright and fun things. They caught my eye as I was throwing away the trash. So if a freaking light bulb company can do it, I don't know why law firms couldn't do something this simple. So what you should do is do an unhappy, happy card. Jim, and if you're happy, it's call your office. If you're unhappy, call Tyson's office. There's that phone number on the back, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. It's even better. Well, so it's like that storage unit place. I I rent a storage unit. I can't remember the name of that company. It's like the major one, the national brand. They give you this little big postcard. It's like this big. It's gigantic, and it like tells you how to leave a Google review and like what it means to them. It's like such a simple thing to do, but it's like, oh, here's a you know twenty cent postcard. And then it was like, it was gigantic. It was hard for me to throw away. And guess what I did? I gave a Google review. It was awesome. So little things like that are are effective. But uh, Brooks, what's your tip or hack of the week? I cannot believe I didn't think about this beforehand. I have listened to all these daggone episodes. I totally forgot about this part. But I would say that my tip would be, don't let your future self, that you, the persons you want to become, hate who you are today. You are a great fucking lawyer. And right now, look at all the things that you are doing well and focus on the things you're doing well and don't focus on the things that you want to become in a way that it takes away from your current happiness or your current 
self-worth because if you're always doing that, you're never going to be in a good place, never going to be truly content where you are. Love it. Very good stuff. My tip of the week is, is we, you know, we talk about traction and we talk about scaling up and we talk about all these different systems. So we can get 12 week year, whatever it may be. And it's a lot for a lot of people to get into. So I was just thinking of like a simple way for people to get into those things. And it's really simple. I think I encourage people to pick a goal and we're early in this quarter, right? So you can still do this for this quarter, pick a goal for the quarter and set a reward for it and tell your team about it and go after it and then reward your team. It's that simple. Just pick a reward, pick a goal. And then once your team hits it, uh, make, and make sure it's a realistic goal. Don't set some ridiculously high goal that your team's never going to achieve because then they're going to resent you at the end of it if you set some goal that they'd never be able to achieve or they just won't work hard at all. But pick a realistic goal, set it for the end of the quarter, and then uh, let, send your team after it, man. Make, make sure it's an exciting goal and it's something that the reward is fulfilling and, and they'll love it. So that's an easy way to dip your toe into scaling up and traction and a 12 week year and all that. So Brooks, I wish that we could talk to you for hours. Luckily I've got your cell phone so I can, but not on the podcast. That's right. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. I really appreciate y'all having me, man. It's a blessing. Thank you so much. Thanks buddy. See you dude. See you bro. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.